Um, okay, so we, uh, we are diving in again tonight into our summer series uh, through parables um, of Jesus. Uh, and I'm super excited about tonight. Uh, I mean, I'm usually excited when I get to speak to you guys. Uh, can I show you my favorite thing in the world real quick? I love that. Scott always has his chair like the highest, and I always have mine the lowest. So I go into Scott's office and take his chair low. Don't tell him. Um, so, oh, um, so we're jumping in tonight um, once again into parables. And if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 13. Yeah, my passy outers were doing their job. I don't know if I have enough. I'm sorry if I didn't. Um, so anyway, uh, I love these because I love stories. Um, I think I love stories because, uh, because of my grandpa. Um, you guys call him grandpas. I don't know what you call him. Uh, what, what does everybody call their, what? One, two, three. Papa. Papa is the correct name. So if you don't call him Papa, um, poor guy. Uh, but Papa is the correct name for, uh, your mom or dad's dad. Uh, and so my Papa, uh, they lived on this, um, they live on this, like, it was bigger than a hill, but it's not as big as a mountain. I don't know what the in-between is. Yeah, I don't know. Um, mountainous hill, hillish, hillish mountain, I don't know. Um, and so it, it's really cool. I, lo- I love his house. I, I didn't think about this, but I should have brought a picture of it. Um, they built their house, like, they, they, like, leveled off some of the mountain and their hill and put their house in it, and they cut down the trees that were where his house is and used the trees to make his house. And so it's super awesome. Like the inside, like it's, it's like wood floors and wood walls and all that. I mean, the ceiling's not, I mean, the ceiling has wood in it, but it's like, you know, popcorn stuff. Well, not like you guys have. Um, so anyway, we, we go to my papa's house a whole lot. And we didn't go to like daycare or um, preschool. We always went to mama and papa's house. And so uh, me and my sister, I don't know, Travis, I'm, I'm not sure. I guess I was really little. He might have went to preschool. They loved him more. Um, so <laughs> don't tell my mama said that. Um, so anyway, um, me uh, and my sister and my cousin Holly, my sister Katie and my cousin Holly, we always, every day, we went to Mama and Papa's house. Um, and what we always loved to do um, was get Papa to hike up with us into the woods, um, into the, it wasn't really a forest, it was, just, it was the woods. Hike up into the woods and we would sit in this very, like, it wasn't special, it was like this fallen over tree. So we'd sit on this log um, and Papa would, <clears throat> excuse me, Papa would tell us all these stories. Um, my favorite story he ever told, has anybody ever heard of, uh, I think it's called the Briar Rabbit, uh, but he always told the Brewer Rabbit. <laughs> anybody? D. Griff, I know, knows that story. Ben might know the story. Um, but yeah, he used to tell us the story of the Brewer Rabbit, and I won't tell you because it takes a while, and I can't tell it as good as he can, um, so I'm not going to tell it to you. But anyway, I grew up loving these stories. And, uh, and so I think when I started reading the Bible, started to follow the life of Jesus and study about the life of Jesus, stories are what I gravitated to. And so I love the Gospel of John because John writes so poetically. John writes um, like a storyteller. And, but I love, we're going to dive in in Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus tells half a dozen of these parables, these stories to these people um, who are very normal, very average. So when we read the Bible, we think they're so far away and they're so much better than us. Can we turn the lights down? It's crazy bright up here. I can't see anybody. Thank you. I don't know if they changed. Um, so Jesus tells these parables, these stories to communicate. And these stories so he can be in touch with his audience, the people he's talking to. And so I want to tell a story real quick. Um, actually, I actually want to tell one of Jesus' stories. And, uh, and we'll dive in and talk about that for just a second tonight. The parable. What is a parable? We've been talking about them for four weeks now. Can anybody tell me what a parable is? 
an earthly story of the heavenly message. Got a Strabala definition here. Anybody else? It's a very simple story with a huge, huge meaning. Jesus tells these stories, but he doesn't just tell stories to tell stories. He tells stories that have impact and to cause meaning, but he makes them very um, relational. He makes them very relevant to what those guys are talking about and what they're going through. So I'm going to read this story real quick. This is like my favorite parable in the world. Um, And so I want to tell it real quick, and then we'll talk about it for just a second. It's Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. And it's going to be on the screen, um, so you can follow along there. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then, in his joy, he sells all that he has, and he buys that field. Let me read it one more time. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Um, who was a little kid once? Awesome. Great. If you didn't raise your hand, you're a liar. Um, so I don't know about when you guys were little, um, but I loved toys when I was little. I was a huge fan um, of G.I. Joe's. Uh, I was kind of like that Sid guy on Toy Story, the first one, you know, that blows up and breaks things. Uh, so that was kind of me. Not, I wasn't as mean as him. Um, but I love G.I. Joes. And I remember when I used to find G.I. Joes or um, when little, like, finger bikes came out or, like, X-Men or whatever. Whatever I was into at the time, when I used to find that toy at Walmart, um, the first thing I would do, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, the first thing I would do is I would grab it and then run to the Barbie section and put it in the back. Did you guys ever do that? I'm the smartest kid alive. Um, so anyway, I would go, and I would find the perfect toy, and then I'd run, and I'd hide it in the Barbie section. Because no little girl is ever looking for a G.I. Joe. Um, and, and, and if a boy's in the Barbie section, he's not looking for a G.I. Joe either. He's looking for a Barbie too. Um, so I thought, man, if I put my G.I. Joe in the back no one will ever find it. And then I'd go back like three weeks later, and Mom, I finally got money. Can we go buy the G.I. Joe or whatever? Then I go to the Barbie section, and somebody's taking all my G.I. Joes. Um, and that's garbage. I don't know who's stealing from me, but I'm not happy about it. Um, and so I would always go, and I would find these great things, and I would try to hide them. I think that's what this guy does right here. This is the kingdom of heaven. It's like a treasure hidden in a field. What's the kingdom of heaven? We've been talking about it in every parable we've talked about. We've said the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven, God's activity is what kingdom of heaven is. You can write this down or just remember it. You probably remember it, so I'd write it down. The kingdom of heaven, it's God's activity in Vegas, around the world, of bringing people into a relationship with himself. God's activity everywhere of bringing people, you and me and everybody else, into a relationship with himself. I love this story because it's so simple. It's only a verse long. That'd be two verses. It's only a verse long. This guy, right? He's just walking through a field. Nothing special. In, in, when Jesus is telling the story, there's a couple chapters after um, he does a sermon on the mount, and so he's just teaching people. People have heard how awesome he is, and he's just teaching these people. The kingdom of heaven's like a man who's walking through a field. I feel like if Jesus told this story today, he would say, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a parking lot, like a treasure hidden in your hallway, like a treasure at your house or the place you work, the place you go all the time. Your first blank. The kingdom of heaven is found in the normal and the mundane. Anybody know what mundane means? Anybody? Yes, what does mundane mean? Nothing special. 
You could even say boring. I know like in Vegas, like when we drive past a park, it's like, whoa, look at all that grass. It's a field. But like, like where I grew up, nobody said that. All a field meant was I was going to have to take a lot of time mowing something. And that's no fun. I, I, I know you guys like mowing because you have like the, the little patch of grass. Where it's like, oh, look, they have a big grass in their house. Here, roll back and forth. <laughs> the grass is so much fun. But we had like a ton of grass. Um, like on my way to school, there's like six or seven cow pastures. Where Ben went to school, like in every direction around him <laughs> was a cow pasture. Like, which is a field where cows live. A cow house. Um, it wasn't even a house. It was just a, where cows lived. Um, a field is nothing special. And in this day and age... It was totally even, even less special because everything was a field. So I don't know if this guy was on his way to work or on his way home. I don't know if this guy was going to a friend's house. But when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, I feel like these people heard, whoa, it's not far off. I walk through fields every day. There was this, there was this myth, an urban legend even. Um, people didn't have banks back then, Right? And so they would literally do like the manage jar thing. They didn't have manage jars. Um, but they would stuff all their nice stuff into a box or into a jar. And they would go bury it in a field. And there was these urban legends that people would leave or they'd be taken over in a time of war. And they would just leave their stuff. They didn't have time to go grab it. And so there was these urban legends. Because, man, I've heard about that. I've never met anybody that's, that's found a treasure in a field like that. But people would just desert it. And then when they were plowing or when they were just going through a field... They would, they would happen up on these great treasures. And so when, when, when Jesus spoke this, I feel like that's what they were thinking about. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I've heard something like this before. But it never happened to them. And so Jesus was saying, no, 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 you don't, you don't get it. Wherever you are, in the boring, in the mundane, in the normal, that's where I want to engage you. What if Jesus is saying the exact same thing to us? Hey, refuge student in the normal place you are, at your house. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in your home. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure at your school or at your place of work. The kingdom of heaven is where you go and hang out with your friends. I feel like the problem is sometimes we never see it. Not because God doesn't want to engage us, because we're not looking for it. I bet this guy's walked through this same field a thousand times. And it was this time, something special about this time. And he happened upon this great treasure. Second point, second thing on your, uh, on your outline there. Um, if you read it right on in the verse, it says a man, which he, f- he found the treasure, and then he covered it up. Then in his joy, so he did the Barbie doll thing. He did the G.I. Joe thing. He finds the treasure. Whoa, this is freaking I better go hide it again in case the person that left it here uh, is coming back for it like right now. So he goes and like stashes it somewhere else. He puts it in the Barbie doll section and then he takes off. He takes off in great joy. Why? Why would he ever leave in great joy? He just found this treasure and he takes off immediately. He's super happy. He's in, he has great joy. Why? Because he found a huge treasure. And he realized that God wants to engage him where he is. We have reason to be happy. We have reason to rejoice. We have reason to experience great joy because not only are we in super normal places where God wants to engage us, but he's going to use us to effect great change in the very normal, in the very average, in the mundane.
My fear is we go the same places and we never ever see anything that's any different. Go on in the verse. Man found and covered up, then in great joy, he goes and sells everything he has to buy that field. Of course he does. Who wouldn't? You're walking through the Walmart parking lot. I don't know where you go. uh, Town Square or the Galleria or wherever it is that you go. You're walking through the parking lot and you stumble on this bag of gold. You stumble on like a thousand iPads. I don't know how you stumble on a thousand iPads, um, but they're in a really small box. Uh, They're like super condensed iPads. It's their iPods. Um, You stumble on this stuff that's huge and worth a whole lot of money, right? can Can we get on board with that? Stumble on stuff worth a whole lot of money, right? You take off, you're the happiest person in the world, and then you go and you sell everything you have. Why? Because everything I have isn't as valuable as these thousand iPod pads here in the parking lot. The gold in the parking lot, all the junk that I have at my house, it isn't as valuable as that stuff. So this guy's walking through this field, very average, very mundane, very normal. He finds this huge treasure. He's stoked about it. And he goes and he sells everything he has. Of course. Why would you not? You have this great treasure that can be yours if you'll just sell all your stuff. Sometimes I don't feel like we think that way. Say, man, I I realize there's a great treasure. How stupid would it be? Man, there's this awesome treasure right here. There's this bag of gold. And and I have um, my iPhone and my iPod uh, and I have some clothes. I'd rather keep this stuff. No way, dude. I'm going through the city like a madman, having like a million yard sales. Like going home, click, click, click with the camera. Everything's going on Craigslist. Like right now, everything's on Craigslist. Best offer, period. I don't care what you give me. A dollar, that's great. And these people have to be going around the city thinking, dude, this guy's a nut job. Like getting rid of all this stuff. Why? Why would he ever get rid of all this stuff? Here's what they didn't understand. Yeah, he had some stuff over here, but he found a way better treasure. He found a way better treasure. And so to get rid of this stuff, thoughtless, who, who cares? Because I found a greater treasure. Oh, your last slide was like celebrate. Sorry, I don't do the slide thing anymore. Um, kingdom of heaven is something to celebrate. Last slide. The kingdom of heaven is worth all we have. And then the little princes have everything. It's worth more than what we have. Here's the deal tonight. God has placed us where he's placed us for a reason. And last week, Ben talked about us being an older brother that should run after their family that should run after lost people, that should run after people that aren't engaged, that don't know who God is, that are far away from Jesus. If this is the follow-up sermon to that, it's not just we need to find those people. It's those people are invaluable. Those people are the great treasure hidden in the everyday places that we go. And what are they worth? Dude, they're worth everything we've got to give. Here's the problem. Sometimes when we go into normal places, 
We don't notice the kingdom of God. We don't notice God trying to engage us. When we find the treasure, we're not happy about it. We get Facebook messages from time to time, like me and Scott or Ben or whoever, your leader. Like, dude, I need to tell my friend about Jesus. Can you come help me? Dude, yes, we would love to help you. But here's the deal. Sometimes we see telling people about Jesus as a burden, not a joy, not something to celebrate. The kingdom of God's not something to celebrate. The kingdom of God's a burden on me. And dude, if I didn't have to do all the stuff the Bible says, dude, it'd be way easier. Dude, you don't understand. You've got this great treasure and you're holding on to your stuff. And then once we find that friend, we're not, we're not happy about it, no. And we're definitely not willing to give up our stuff. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not selling your stuff so your friend will come to Jesus. I doubt that's the case. I mean, if you sell your iPod, I'll give my life to Jesus. No, he's not going to say that. My weird. Um, but most of the time, maybe it's giving up a Facebook friend. Maybe it's giving up position at school or a status at school. Maybe it's saying, yeah, I, I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a Jesus follower. Yeah, I do go to refuge. I do go to church. And not only are we not happy about it, but we're not willing to sell everything we have, give up everything we have, sacrifice something so that we might get the treasure. Here's the deal. There's three blanks at the bottom. It says, where's my field? Here's the deal. We all go places every single day. Maybe the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. Maybe the kingdom of heaven is like your mom or dad who doesn't know God living at your house. Maybe the kingdom of heaven is like your job where your coworker is lost. Where's the normal, average, mundane, every single day you go there place that God has you? Everybody's got one. Where's the place that God has you? Write that down. Where does God have me right now? What is, that's what, what is your field? What's your average? What's your normal? Second question is, who's my treasure? Who's the person? It's like this guy tripped over this treasure. Like he stumbled upon this treasure. Who did you trip over? You were somewhere just doing the normal thing, and it's like God threw this person right into your life. God pushed them onto you. God put you right there. Maybe it's an awkward situation. You bumped into somebody, met a new friend. In the normal place you go, what's the treasure? Who's the person that God has put you in their life? Or God's put them in your life? Who's that person? Who's your treasure? What are they worth? What is their eternity worth? What is their soul worth? There's 70, 80, 100 of us in here. I'm not sure how many people. I'm terrible with guessing like that. In every one of our lives, God has somebody that he wants us to begin the change in. He wants us to be the catalyst for change in their life. He's put us in a normal place. But that normal place is a reason to celebrate because there's a greater treasure than what we're experiencing now. There's a story that kind of is the exact opposite of this. This guy comes up to Jesus. Um, the Bible tells us he's, he's a rich young guy. He says to Jesus, hey, I, I want to follow you. 
And Jesus turns around to him and says, okay, did you keep all the commandments? He said, dude, check, check them off. Got them. All the commandments right here. I'm good, see? He says, okay, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Then come back and follow me. The Bible says he left Jesus very sad because he was very wealthy. Here's the deal. Exact same situation. The kingdom of God is right in front of him. And instead of saying, this treasure, he stands back here in his corner with his little bit of wad of stuff. says, no, I think this is the greater treasure. Dude, it's not. I know there's a million things fighting for our reputation and fighting for our attention and fighting for our money or our time. But I stand in front of you today and say people could call you crazy because you're running through town trying to get rid of everything you have, trying to live your life for Christ. People could think you're crazy. But it's worth it all because we've got a greater treasure. Don't sell yourself short. Don't live less than the life that God has for you. Let me pray for us. God, we say thank you for giving us pictures like these. God, even though sometimes they're boring or too ordinary, God, we say thank you for putting us in the place that you've put us in. God, I pray that you would show us who the people are, God, who the treasures in our life are. And God, you would help us to do whatever it takes to bring them into a relationship with you. God, we say there's nothing good in us. But God, we thank you for choosing to use us. going to sing a song right now a couple songs just a time for us to respond a time for us to say god who where have you got me who's in front of me what are they worth maybe you should just spend this time in prayer maybe it's a chance for you to say god it finally makes sense why i am where i am so maybe this is a time for you to rejoice Here's the deal. Some people in this room, everybody's head bowed and everybody's eyes still closed. Some people in this room have no idea what I'm talking about. But here's the deal. Jesus thought you were a great enough treasure to die for you. The Bible says we weren't worth it. We were messed up. We were jacked. And Jesus came to this earth and died for your sin and for my sin. That we who are dead in our trespasses and sin might have life in Him. And not just life here, life eternal. As Ben and the guys sing, as they play, there's going to be some leaders in the back. I'm going to be hanging out in the back. If you need to talk to somebody, if you need to pray with somebody, if you need to say, Micah, Micah, that, that, the last thing you just shared, that was me. I need a relationship with God. 
the guys sing. Feel free to stand. Feel free to sit. Come to the back. Talk to a leader. You just respond as God leads you. As we sing.